back to another episode of Dad Teaches Me About Wine, the podcast that teaches you as much as you've been pretending to know about wine. I'm Madeline Quigley. And I'm Matt Quigley. Well, hello. Hello. How's it going? Okay. It's been a while since I've seen you. Sorry about that. Technology. I'm fighting with technology. My dad is quickly losing his patience with me. Okay, so as we mentioned on uh, the end of the last episode, or during the last episode, we're in the process of breaking down France into a whole bunch of important little areas. And the first one that we are starting off with is the Loire Valley, which if you imagine France as a star, it's kind of on the left top arm um, on the coast, and it is where the Loire River hits um, the ocean, the channel. the Atlantic Ocean. The Atlantic Ocean, sure. Let's call it that. Dad, we got a Loire Valley wine in front of us. Well, it's the same Loire Valley wine we had in front of us before, uh-huh. which is a Vouvray. But uh-huh. um, I wanted to get into kind of how to understand the Loire Valley, which, as I alluded to in the last recording um, is about a hundred kilometers stretch uh, going from uh, and if you look at it from sort of west to east from the ocean heading east um, it's really fundamentally broken down into three different parts so there's the uh, part that has the maritime influence right by the ocean and then you get into kind of the middle section which is a different climate, and then even farther where the soils change, you get more granite, or excuse me, more limestone, and and uh, even slate, and so the wines change and the grape even changes. So along the river, even among white wines, there's really three different grapes that are used. So that's sort of the first thing you have to understand about Loire Valley wines. There are three grapes used. Three white wine grapes used, yeah. What are those grapes? So moving from left to right, um, it is the um, uh, melon grape, in English melon grape. And then in the middle of section is the Chenin Blanc. And then finally in the east area, a grape that just about everyone will be familiar with, which is Sauvignon Blanc. Okay, and those are what are primarily grown in those areas? Correct. So you not even need to know that it's a Loire Valley wine. You need to know what part of the Loire Valley it's from? Yes. But they're not going to say, like, we're in the middle. They're just going to name a specific vineyard, and you need to know where that vineyard was. Well, but there are large areas which will help you because they aren't, like, microscopic little towns so they're reasonably uh, large areas so going from left to right again from the ocean eastward you, uh, you you have the muscadet and then in the middle is vouvray and then as you get to the east there's basically two large areas of sauvignon blanc which is uh, sancerre and puy fumé okay so they correspond to the Melon grape, the Chenin Blanc grape, and then 
the Sauvignon Blanc grape. Okay. Uh, wait, the Melon? So would it say Loire Valley or would it say Muscadet? It would just say Muscadet. Is that like a sub-AVA? Uh, it is a, right, it is a uh, AOC area uh, along the Loire Valley. So the Loire Valley is going to have a number of different AOC grapes. Oh, so you combined a whole bunch of AOC into right. one area called the right. Loire Valley. Right, because I explained in the last show, um, there are probably a thousand different AOCs in, in France. Okay. So, so there's no way to go through each one. So the Loire Valley is a collection of AOCs close to where the Loire Valley meet, the Loire River meets the meets the Atlantic coast, and then heads east. So the first one is Muscadet with the Melon grape. That is correct. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the Muscadet is a interesting, if pretty much neglected, wine. It tends to be very inexpensive. Um, it is usually consumed young. Uh, it is usually made sur lees, that is it on the lees on the lees to give it some more flavor because the melon grape by itself isn't all that exciting. And these are wines that can often be obtained at ten dollars a bottle, something like that. Uh, it's a great seafood uh, right. uh, wine and is often paired with. Things like oysters. Okay. Mussels. So Muscadet, like a crisp white wine from the Loire Valley. Right. Great with seafood. Right. Made from the Melon grape, which is actually a relative of the Chardonnay grape. Okay. What do we have in front of us again? So what we have in front of us is from the center area, which is Vouvray. How convenient is that? Correct. So moving on to Vouvray... Right, as we head east. That is the name of the AOC? Correct. And what what do they... Remind me what they grow there? So Vouvray is a uh, wine which is made primarily from Chenin Blanc. So Chenin Blanc is a grape that's rarely grown in the United States. Um, it's reasonably popular in South Africa, where the wine is called Steen, S-T-E-E-N for reasons I, I'm not aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's a very um, acidic wine, but as you mentioned earlier on the last show that we did not too long ago, that it is also uh, has a fair amount of residual sugar to it. So it's an interesting balance because... Uh, you need a fair amount of acidity to balance off the uh, uh, the sweetness. So this is Vouvray Chenin Blanc. Correct. Chenin Blanc from okay from uh, Vouvray. Okay, and then there's one final one um, that you've considered part of the Loire Valley. Is this a, this isn't official? This is your opinion. Well, no, these are just different AOCs that are strung along the the river. Okay. So as I said, there's probably a good 30 or 40 different little sub, or not even sub-AOCs, but different AOCs along the river. But in order to gain an understanding of the general geography and what's grown there, um, this is a shortcut 
this is a, a real bare outline in terms of all the different, uh, you know, how, how the geography shakes out and what's grown there. Uh, as we mentioned in the last show, within the middle area, there's also another AOC, Chinon, which is actually a little bit south of the um, Loire River, but that grows, it's a red uh, wine. Is, is that it's like the, the only red in that area? No. No, there's actually a rosé that's grown in, in, in the area, Tabel, um, or excuse me, Anjou. Um, and uh, there is another red, which is similar to Chinon, which is all Cab Franc, which is a Brouillet, I think, something like that. But okay. these are all very obscure but these wines are that no one's gonna no one's gonna walk into a wine store and ask for. These are just little AOCs near the, the river. Near the Loire Valley where it meets the Atlantic. Right. Okay. Well again, no, we're pretty far away from the Atlantic now. We're probably a good fifty <laughs> kilometers in. Okay. And then on the right side is what? You mean farthest east? Sure. Yeah, so the soils change, and as I said, you start getting into limestone, even some slate, and um, the weather becomes uh, drier and warmer as you head away from the ocean, mm-hmm. and that's where you get into uh, where it switches over to Sauvignon Blanc, and the two big areas there are Sancerre and Puy Fumé each being on one side of the, the is river. Is Sauvignon Blanc a warm weather grape? Um, reasonably so, yes. Okay. So, sorry, Puy Fume, and what's the other one? Sancerre. Sancerre. So those are Sauvignon Blancs from France on the Loire River. Right. And these represent, uh, again, pretty good value propositions um, Puy Fume probably more than Sancerre because Sancerre has been pretty much uh, discovered. Uh, but they represent very crisp, acidic wines. And uh, if you're done with your tea, we can we can try one. Oh, you want to dump yes. into my tea? Yeah, yes. sure. So the first rule of a wine tasting is that you always have to have what's called a spit bucket. Not that we're going to spit, but you have to be able to get rid of a wine if you don't particularly care for it. This is red. Uh, You're right. And this was placed in the wrong place in the wine store. Isn't that great? What a surprise. The Pennsylvania wine store put something in the wrong place. Something odd is happening at the studio, guys. My dad is really confused. Yes, I guess I should have read. Instead of reading the big label in the front, which says Sancerre all over the place and no indication of what the grapes are, I should have read the importer's label in the back, which tells me that this is 100% Pinot Noir. So there are, as I said, small amounts of Pinot Noir grown along the Loire. 
Although but this why? is hardly characteristic. But you'd think to be able to call it Sancerre, it'd have to be a certain amount of um, a Sauvignon Blanc grape. No. Again, there are certain grapes which are legally allowed to be grown in an area. And Pinot Noir is one of the... the one, Pinot Noir is one of the allowed grapes. It's like in Burgundy, the allowed grapes are Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. So in Sancerre, the allowed grapes are uh, Sauvignon Blanc, which constitutes probably 90-95% of the grape production, and then a very small amount of Pinot Noir. So we've found a unicorn. Yeah, the, well, the unicorn found us. It kind of snuck into the into the basket. Tinted bottle, mm-hmm. dude. How often has this happened to you? Uh, I can't remember the last time. That you... Went to get something and then accidentally bought something else. Was it in the white section of the store? Well, there are no red and white sections. And I have to say that the Pennsylvania State Store that I went to shows an alarming lack of understanding of the geography. I thought you liked the guys there. Of France. I didn't say I didn't like the guys. I'm just saying that the, the way that the wines are laid out have very little bearing on the geography of France. So things jump all over the place. Um, this is interesting. Yeah, it's very light. <laughs> Light's a good word for it. <laughs> yes. This is, um, maybe it needs to breathe. No. Breathing uh, is not going to help this one. <laughs> I think there's an important lesson to be learned here. Yeah, that even dads can make mistakes. Yeah, and I'm happy it happened on recording. That's always good for me because uh, it's usually me and it's usually not recorded. So this is like double whammy for me. But I think there's an important lesson to be learned here, which is that about what makes a French wine a French wine is to me, it's just like a rule book. And what you're selling has to follow the rules to be able to be considered that. It's kind of like to get a qualification, you have to, it's like a three-step process, and then you get to be certified that. And in, in France, a lot of these AOC areas have like, you know, five or so hurdles. And in the one of the hurdles may be all of your wine must be either um, Sauvignon Blanc or Pinot Noir. And what you're saying is that that's one of the rules for... Don't tell me. What is it? Sancerre. I wanted to say Sir Lee, but that just, I knew that wasn't it. Um, so the rules for, one of the rules to be considered a Sancerre is that it has to be either Sauvignon Blanc or Pinot Noir. Well, I didn't even know. That people. That own. it could be P- Pinot Noir. Yeah. Oh, so, really? Yeah. This is a real, real surprise. Um, really? You didn't know? Yeah, I, I didn't know that they were AOC, Sancerre, Pinot Noir. I, I, I knew they grew Pinot Noir there, but I didn't think it they could put an AOC label on it. I thought it would have to be Van de Pas or something. Wine, Van? Of, wine of the country, to meaning be, it doesn't so meet what's any the qualification. Point? Why, why would you throw a little bit of Pinot Noir in a white wine? Wouldn't this that? is not a little bit. This is 100% no, 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 Pinot. No, I know, but why... Why would that be a thing you would do? Why would you throw a little bit of Pinot in a white wine? They don't. It's not. It's not used to mix. Oh, it's not for mixing. No, it's not mixing. So, so why they can, is Pinot Noir allowed there? Tradition. 
It's, it's what's been grown there. Now, you can grow just about anything if you're willing. Pardon me. If you're willing to sell it as a what's called a vin de pain, wine of the country, meaning it has no distinguishing physical location. So you can go to the store and buy a French. You can buy a French Chardonnay. It'll say France Chardonnay, vin de pain, but wine of the country. But they don't get to call it a Bordeaux. They don't get to call it anything in terms of a physical location. So grapes are grown uh, like that to sell bulk wine. Yeah, but doesn't some of it have to be a percentage? Like to be considered a Bordeaux, you have to be like 60% this, 20% that, or is that not how it is? If it, if it meets the varietal. But if they, decided, if they decide to grow Pinot Noir in the Bordeaux Area. AOC... They would have to sell that as a Van de Pat. Yeah, I understand. As a wine that. of the country, because it doesn't fit the the requirements of Bordeaux in terms of varietal. Yeah, I know. That's why I was asking if um if there are if some areas have restrictions on the percentage of each type of grape that goes into it to be called that. Yes, generally the I'm I'm stretching on this one, but I think to be a geographic wine, it's like 80%. But any kind of classed wine, um, a village wine, a premier cru, grand cru, anything that's classified, I think has to be 100% from that area. Okay, I still don't know if you're understanding what I'm asking. That's fine. The <laughs> point I'm trying to get across is that the Sauvignon Blanc from this area really is the gold is really the standard for what Sauvignon Blanc should taste like. Darn it, wish I could try some. Sorry, hon, I'll get you some later. No, no, it's fine. That's pretty funny. So you think the best Sauvignon Blanc you can find is from Sancerre? Well, it is the it is the benchmark for Sauvignon Blanc in terms of the way that it's made. And Sancerre has a particular soil type, which is slaty, called Silex, and it gives it a, a flinty taste which is uh, kind of similar to Chablis in terms of a kind of a minerally finish. I don't know if you recall the wines from the other night, but the Chablis yeah. tends to have a kind of a mineral finish. Now, that's not to say that other areas of the world don't make good Sauvignon Blanc, but they're just different. So like, for instance, New Zealand is big into Sauvignon Blanc. Cloudy Bay basically put them on the map. Yellowtail. Mm, well, I'm talking about real serious wine production here. Sorry. Um, and Cloudy Bay was a was a single, you know, was a producer in New Zealand that made um, was the first one to really push Sauvignon Blanc from there. And it is a big fruity, grapefruity, you know, kind of over the top wine. OTT. Help me. Over the top. Over the top. Yes. OTT. It is an over-the-top wine when it comes to Sauvignon. It's it's sort of like a Sancerre on steroids, as it were. And there are also similar ones from the United States in, in warm climates. Um, so uh, like in um, Sonoma and Dry Creek area, they make um, Sauvignon, Sauvignon Blancs, which tend to be very alcoholic, very fruity. These wines generally don't see any... Um, any oak, so they're all steel vat wines. 
So the acidity has to balance off the the. Uh, okay, this uh, is a lot of information on Australian wine, but if people like Sauvignon Blanc, they should definitely give a try to a Sancerre. Absolutely. Like yeah, right, that, and you can find an affordable one. But if it's too affordable, make sure it's not a Pinot Noir. Yeah, truly, I'll I'll spend years living this one. Day. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's really interesting. But is it mostly whites in the Loire Valley? Yes, it is. Somehow I managed to find the one or two bottles that left Loire and made it to Pennsylvania that, that are, are red. red. Yeah. yeah, precisely. Well, why is it mostly whites? Because that's just what grows well there. That's okay. The, I mean, that's the thing there. Okay, it's like fruity white wines. Well, they don't necessarily all have to be yeah, fruity. I mean, you the second that came out of my mouth, I was like, he's well, going to say that's I mean, that's a good Sancerre isn't necessarily that fruity. It's it's well-balanced and has a fair amount of acidity <laughs> to it. But, uh, you know, go into your local wine store and ask for a white Sancerre. I didn't think you had to specify, but yeah. Okay. So let's just do a refresher. On... The fur, far left side on the coast, we got Muscadet, which is a another. The grape starts with an M. Melon. Melon grape, inexpensive, usually to be consumed young, good with seafood. Yeah, you're getting and you're, kids on a budget. You are going out for oysters with your friends. Get yourself a Muscadet. That's right, and the wine will cost less than the oysters. Dad, the place that we have been going for oysters, Merchant Oyster Company, has half-off oysters like every day of the week now. So we should go back. And I'm sure they have a bottle of Muscadet there. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, right? Um, the middle is... Vouvray. Vouvray, which is... What is the grape? The grape is Chenin Blanc. Okay. And it's a acidic but sweet kind of wine. That's if it's done well, it's nicely balanced. You know, we had it before this. I one. like that kind of. It was kind of sweet. It's a, it can be a little bit sweet, but it's not a cloying sweet. Uh, these wines can age for long periods of time. Uh, there are areas, little AOCs, that make much more profound wines with Chenin Blanc within this area. And the other thing that they make which I didn't mention before, is a sparkling Chenin Blanc, which is a cremant, called a cremant. Is that the AOC? Um, it can all be done under the AOC. Is every wine coming out of France either a AOC or a wine of the country? Um, pretty much. What does that mean? They, they have some odd designations of wine of wine of the indicated geography and various things but um, I think we'll just keep it simple and just say it's it's either it either meets the rules or it doesn't okay um and then on the far side we have Sancerre and Puy Fume not to be confused with Puy Fuisse oh my god yeah I'm sure everyone was like wait a second what Puy Fuisse is a Chardonnay. Yeah. No. From the, Come on, man. From the Mekong area, which we'll talk about oh in a while. God. But distinguish the two. One is a 
Sauvignon Blanc, and the other is a Chardonnay. Okay. And that is mostly Sauvignon Blanc, but a little bit of Pinot Noir. Well, not just a little bit of Pinot Noir, a lot of Pinot Noir, apparently. Yeah, they'll throw you a curveball once in a while. Yeah. Um, Okay. What do you think about that? I think that's a wrap. I'm going to make an Instagram post with like all the six regions like circled. So if people want to go to our Instagram page, which is at dad teaches me about wine. If you're not on Instagram, you can still go to www.instagram.com slash dad teaches me about wine. It's a mouthful, but it is spelled exactly how it sounds. Also, dad, you realize we could use the acronym DITMA. We could, but we won't. I may. So thanks for listening to another episode of Ditma. Uh, my dad is like opening his wine atlas. He can't believe this Pinot Noir situation. He's like maybe going to call the authorities if. Yeah. If it, Have uh, that man arrested. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a funny day when my dad's proven wrong. Aren't you ready to wrap it up, hon? I'm just you, milking I think in. I, I think I hear your mom calling. Basking in this moment as you like feverishly look in your wine atlas to see if this was a mistake. Uh, well, no, thanks. I, that was my mistake. I, I accept it. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in to Dad Teaches Me About Wine. Um, please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps so much. Questions, comments, concerns or corrections can be sent to dadteachesmeaboutwine at gmail.com or you can always contact us on Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in. So Pinot Noir grapes represent 6% of the total production. Yeah, we found a unicorn, guys. <laughs> My dad somehow found a Pinot Noir. That's pretty funny. That They were probably so excited to sell that. Um, awesome. Uh, thanks so much. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>